Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays Amin's floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get Amin in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome to uh, the finale recap with the finalists here. This is such a treat. We've got the top chef winner, Melissa King, joining us. Um, also, Stephanie Smar and Brian Voltaggio back from his camping trip. I hear, uh, I hear you had a, yes. a good weekend there. I did. I had a great weekend. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited. We had an amazing season and uh, or we enjoyed watching you guys. And we have so many questions, but we have so little time here. So, Kevin, let's just kick things off. Let's start the, the, the roll here. Let's yeah. go. There must be this odd thing in your life because what seems like just happened two days to all of us who watch and are fans, it's like 
this amazing pinnacle of your life. And then it's sort of like, yeah, we're going to kind of pretend nothing happened for six, seven months. And then everyone in our world is going to act like congratulations on Thursday night, as if you just won this championship 48 hours ago. Like, is that weird? Oh, 100% weird. Um, <laughs> you know, we come off the show working so hard, and then we celebrate that moment together, you know, between me, Brian, Steph, and and the cast and producers, but then we go back to our normal life, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> so it's nice. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that I can that the, the that the secret's out there now, and that I don't have to carry this um, this thing for so long because it's been seven months, I think, since since it all happened. Yeah, I was just going to ask, uh, what year, what decade ago was the Mise en Place uh, quick fire? The year of my birth, 1985. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Brian, do you even remember that? The Mise en Place out I, on I, the Griffith? I <laughs> it's, uh, it's been, yeah, it was back in September. So it was, it was a long time ago. It takes that long to to actually put everything together in, in production and then, you know, as, as it all comes together and unfolds. You know, doing this a few times now, you know, back to Melissa's point, no matter what, you know, happens at the end, I mean, you can't share anything. You know, friends, family, everyone's asking what's been going on. So, yeah, I mean, after finale, it's a big, you know, relief. It, it's, it's done. It's over. Congratulations, Melissa. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we, we all get to you know, go back to, I mean, not normalize because life is changing, you know, so, so rapidly now, but, um, but it's, it's good that, you know, it's over. It's sad that it's over though, because yeah. now I'm going to miss it, you know, so, but, um, but it's, but it's great. We'll go to a couple of questions about the finale itself and the competition. And then when I hear about your lives, um, which must be really interesting right now. Um, all right, Melissa, I'm yelling at the TV screen when I see you go to the grill. Because, like, grills are fickle. Like, you don't know what's going to happen with a grill you've never seen before. And I'm like, don't do the grill. The grill is just, you know. And so I'm having this sort of anxiety for you. And I'm just like, I can't believe she's going to go to a to a strange grill that she's never seen before and risk, like, Top Chef mortality. What are you thinking? I, I felt, you know, I had to grill that that bird. It just, I wanted that smoky flavor. I wanted the char. Um, I know it started it started raining a little into the cook. I mean, it wasn't raining when we first started, so I, I had no idea that it was kind of, the embers were going to kind of slow down, but it actually worked to my benefit to be able to just get like a nice uh, render on the skin. Yeah, so you, I don't regret it. <laughs> you, but you even you even pivoted from the day before if tom isn't cooking the squab for you guys are you even using the grill or was it just because hey that looks like a good idea and now i'm gonna switch up a little bit you know i was initially thinking um i mean i sous vide i sous vide the bird um and then i was going to just like pan sear it kind of do it like a more french style and glaze it with the with the jus um, uh, and then, yeah, we had dinner at the house and I saw that Tom was working this beautiful grill outside and it just, it just clicked like, Hey, let's, let's grill it tomorrow. Um, so I, I still sous vide it, but I just kind of like flashed it onto the grill, um, to get the, the smoke on there. Um, Brian, I was very despondent on your behalf about the no heart and soul thing. And I, I did, I delivered basically a five minute rant on this. Um, and part of it was for sure. <laughs> but there does seem to be this thing, like, like I, was, I, I said, I think on one broadcast, like, 
you know, Tuscany is kind of an away game for Voltaggio because like Italian cooks are kind of in their own way, just really snotty about their tradition. And they see this guy coming in who, you know, what some people call, you know, molecular gastronomy or, or mm-hmm. just he, he works with these textures. It's not conventional rustic cooking. And like, I kind of sense they wanted to give you shit about it. Like they yeah. kind of wanted to put this modern cook in his place. And I was just like, it's kind of a, like a really terrible thing to say to someone. I was kind of despondent on your behalf. Yeah, I mean, I'm unsure whether or not it was lost in translation. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, because <laughs> it, it could have been, to your point, you know, this is not traditional. You know, this is a little bit, you know, not home style cooking. I, I don't know, whatever way you want to put it. But I also do know that, that Padma is very, she's fluent in Italian, so I'm sure it translated directly. But regardless, you know, I, I could care less how they feel at this point because my food is full of heart and soul and I don't really need <laughs> to them anymore. So, um, you know, what, what mattered to me was in the last cook that I, I did at least show that I do have a different side to my food because I feel like that people have kept... People categorize all of us chefs a little bit in, in our styles. You know, I think everybody has their own opinions about, you know, even the judges. You know, I, I know that Gail said even at one point during the competition that this looks like Brian Voltaggio's food. And so I understand that because they've seen a lot of all of our food, right? But I'm more than just foams and airs and all of that stuff. You know, I can cook lasagna and I did it beautifully. Yeah. And by the way, I, w- I remember I was I turned to my partner, Eric, who, I, who I've been watching with. And I was like, look, if nothing else happens to him, he just fucking nailed that lasagna. He showed right. them like, <laughs> like whatever else happens in this competition. I'm very happy. For That's lasagna. it. You, like, know? You, you want some fucking lasagna? Maybe some lasagna. <laughs> like, drop the knife, right? We don't drop yes. knives in Top Chef. <laughs> Stephanie, you, um, he, we we had Kevin Gillespie on uh, last week, and he said how many times he like was trying to. You're self-deprecating to a hilarious uh, magnitude, where he just wanted to shake you and say, "You deserve to be here. You're a fucking really good chef," <laughs> and just you know snap out of it. And you were also on on like this one of the last episodes here. You talked about how you were just happy to be in the top ten. You were just so thankful that you got that far. But what was the turning point for you where you said, Stephanie, like, I, I think I can, I think I can win this damn thing, or at least I can get to the final. Yeah. Um, the whole self step, I've gotten the self deprecating thing my entire life. I don't have the filter that shuts off the way my mind goes. <laughs> so these are just the thoughts that are making me, me laugh or like go through all of this. But I was just talking to somebody about it. And I think that there was a moment. around the Kaiseki Challenge, maybe Restaurant Wars, where I realized how lucky I was to have the opportunity to be there. And that if I didn't try my hardest, I would miss out on future chances, like to go to Italy, even to be in the next challenge. So I started, gave myself a kick in the ass and was like, get it together. Like it's, I've been cooking since I was 14, 15 years old in restaurants. Like I, I can do this. And then all of a sudden I stopped being so hard on myself and I just started having fun. And I also, as the numbers went down, got closer with the other chefs and that friendship that we all forged made me happy, which then made the food taste better. Quick question. Don't no. cry, Brian. I know that was an emotional one. <laughs> um, just in our, in our final kind of like first game analysis. Um, would you anything different about the milk braised veal? 
And this is our last like sort of gamesmanship. Yeah, um, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I would have done. It. I, I love. <laughs> I think maybe I would have made the milk sauce and done. I would have done a preparation of the veal differently. Um, once the dish got away from me, it just it it, it sprinted it sprinted out of Italy. It it went to Russia really fast. So I would probably just have done a few more testers with Italian veal just to know sort of what that fat content was and what it would be like when it was braised. Hey, Melissa, um, Stephanie drafted Brian Malarkey, I think with the first pick of that finale um, where she got, she drew the knife and she was able to pick Brian Malarkey. And sometimes when you got the number one pick, you didn't even want to pick people. You were just like, Hey, whoever wants to go, like, go do it. Um, Cause I don't really care. I don't want to pick, you know, jobs for people. Uh, are advantages on top chef overrated? Um, I, I mean, a little bit, I guess, <laughs> at least for me, just cause I felt, you know, everyone here is great. Everyone here is, can, can do the sous chef role. So I don't really need that advantage or I don't need whatever it is that they're giving. Um, so yeah, for me, it felt a little bit underrated. Yeah, Brian, you you didn't get a quick fire. I don't know if you knew that. Um, you didn't win quick fires this season. I don't know if that was a talking point. Um, um, no, not at all. It, it, it hasn't been for three seasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I did. Hey, I did. I did kick Kevin's ass in Last Chance Kitchen, and that to me is considered a quick fire. That so. was absolutely yes. Yes, you did. And uh, so to you, you you got in the finale in all those seasons and you didn't have to win quick fires. Stephanie, when you picked Malarkey, some of us at home were like, did she just pick Brian Malarkey with the number one pick? And then it turned out to be a br- I I thought he was like the best sous chef ever from watching the TV. He was right. amazing. Brian and I have a very close friendship. Like he's my pal. And I think that choosing him was like I don't know it it felt very natural and I was like you know what if anything happens he's one of the funniest people I know too like at least he can keep us giggling through this whole thing um but he was an incredible sous chef and he was just like a big very energetic ball of support and so yeah but I love Kevin and Leanne too I just was like I don't know I love malarkey when you guys watch the show are you and whether it was this season or your previous season or seasons because malarkey was sort of cast as the heel for us viewers right who might not know um are you does it ever surprise you the way certain co-chefs are kind of portrayed or you, you kind of see the hand at work like oh that's interesting how they're portraying him i don't think of that person as that arrogant or i don't think of that person as that obnoxious hello listener guess who's back It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. 
You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. I mean, I think everything you see is very true to our personalities. Um, you may see parts that are missing. Uh, like, for instance, I think Malarkey, he got a lot of heat uh, from what I saw on Twitter, just from yeah. people. And I was like, he's such a sweet human. Like, why are people hating on him? And and it's because we know the other side to him. You know, we see that really sweet, positive um, guy. Getting up at four in the morning to go work out before the show's energetic. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. He's very much, you know, what you see. He loves to, like... He he, sell, he can sell anything, you know, and he he can he makes us laugh. Um, he loves to talk, you know. So all of those are very true to who he is. But I sometimes I watch and I do wish there was more shown of of the other sides that that we see in our home together. Um, for each of you, best thing you tasted this season that wasn't yours? Steps pastas. I like. Oh, was a- stop. I was obsessed with all of your pastas. She would like feed me little pieces of tortellini like throughout the challenge. Um, I think like the Michaels episode, her pasta was fantastic. Um, and then your your ragu for the uh, the prosciutto ragu. I was that, that I was dead. Bless your soul. <laughs> oh, stop it! That makes yeah. my day. The best thing that I I didn't taste a lot of other people's foods, like. Oh, I have to say the best thing that I tasted <laughs> was that soup that Padma made. Oh, that oh, was it was at, on the it was so good. Yeah. And now I put coriander seeds in my soups. Yeah. It was really good. Like, it was like really good. Like but that was kale bean soup. It was fantastic. Brian? All the other times when I had the opportunity to taste other people's food, I was going to throw up. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> taste your fancy food. I got to go. <laughs> um, I've always personally wanted to go to Italy and harvest truffles. And so no matter what, hands down for me, harvesting white truffles and then eating those for the first time straight out of the earth was for me by far um, a culinary dream come true. So, um, but everything else, I mean, across the board, I mean, this season, when I did get to try food, you know, because obviously there's there's a lot going on in, in the challenges, it's not like previous seasons where you're like, mm, oh, yeah, that was a yeah, mm. nice try. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hands down, the best food that I've had um, throughout the competition. It was always a delight to try the other chef's food and, and to try to, you know, and to see more about who they are, you know, through their plate. And so this was a very valuable season for me, you know, as a cook and a chef, for sure. 
right, I got to ask because we might end this conversation and it's going to keep me up at night and I'm going to be so regretful I didn't ask you. So I'm going to ask you here now. Stephanie, you posted the end of the road video on uh, from the Boys to Men, a classic. Mm-hmm. How did it come to be, and how did you pick out which which singer would be singing what verse, and how did you get the out? Where did this happen? Who came up with the idea? I want the full story on the end of the road video. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so we had um, the the Wranglers. And they would be like, when we weren't shooting things, they would be doing everything in their power to keep us amused and not going crazy. So Desi, who was sort of the lead, she makes music videos every show she's on. She does Master Chef. She does all these other fancy things. So she's like, we're going to make a music video. And I was like, give me a pair of sunglasses, a bathrobe, and that hat, and I'm going to do it. Um, I think first we saw Brian's natural musical ability and dance moves. And we were like, well, he needs to have his own solo role and I feel most comfortable in the safety of a bathtub drinking champagne so that came yes and then you know that was Brian pouring that right into that umbrella I drank the rest of the bottle so- shortly after my son skills like, you know pouring table side <laughs> and then handles on in my leather jacket and decided to mm. take room service and just start you know tearing it up on the bed <laughs> so we just like really we really lived in that moment and had no clue how funny it would be. We didn't have anything to do with editing or anything, but Desi crushed it. We we also, I don't think we're expecting to release it. We we had just made it for fun. Like, oh, no, that was going throughout the world now, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, that was gold. <laughs> there isn't a production of the world that is not going to disseminate yeah. as much digital content as they can get. Yeah. We right. actually have another single, too. Yeah, we, we do. That one, yet. Yeah. Can you reveal it here? Is this breaking news? What is the song? I will survive. Five. Yes, Lori Gaynor. With Princess Mar and the Kings. That's the name of it. Yep. (laughs) We had a few other members, you know, but they kind of fell off. (laughs) Well, how much champagne was there? (laughs) (laughs) I think I was still drinking. Cameo in the next in the next video. She loves it. Um, all right, so how is this competition different if Chef Gregory's back doesn't go out? Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, mm. I don't know. One. Um, you know, he had a – he – it really hurt him in that challenge, in the, in the trouble challenge for sure. Um, but, it, you know, I, I think that if his dish – would have been slightly altered if you if you would have you know treated the truffle a little bit differently because I tried that ragu and it was really delicious. I mean Gregory's food all season was was phenomenal, um, and I think that just regardless of that, it was the use of the truffle that that got him in trouble in that challenge. But you know then compounded with the fact that he had the back issue. Like had he been able to. Con- carry through in that challenge and, and get to the other side, he would have been a force we've been reckoned with just like always. I mean, cause he's, he's really talented. Um, but then also he would have been one of the sous chef choices too. Um, and, and not sure that would have changed anything. Cause going back to Melissa's point, I felt the same way. Any one of the three people at that point in the competition, they're all solid cooks. You know what I mean? I would have taken anyone, you know, to be, you know, w- with me and my cook. And so, but it's, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? It's hard to say what would have changed, but um, you know, it's unfortunate that, that he had an issue because 
we felt for him. That was on our minds the entire time that we're cooking, shopping. It's like, what's going on with Gregory too? You know, because we want him to be comfortable because he was in a, you know, they, they got him quickly. They got a medical care and all of that stuff, but it was just difficult to see. Hey, Stephanie, what is the life of a private chef like? Are you like, is it like eccentric rich people? Or are you like, um, my, my partner, What's Eric, who, who has the biggest crush on you? Like, like this, is, this entire house became like Team Stephanie. It was like going into like a Green Bay, a Green Bay Packers bar. It's like insane. Um, and he's like, ask her what that's like. What is that life? It is, um, you know, I eat caviar every day with gold leaf. No, um, you know, you actually become, one of the things that I love about, sorry, being a private chef is that I get to cook for people and kind of look them in the eye every night that I serve them food and whatnot. And that was something that was really important. Um, but it's a lot of versatility. It's enough organization to keep me in line, but not too much so I feel stifled. Um, and it's basically like, you know, I'm like an aunt to six or seven families now. I, I travel with them. I get to do all these things. I go, I go to the kids' graduations. Um, it's definitely more of a lifestyle than a career, it feels like. So it's, it's pretty dope. Like, I don't think I'll ever do anything else as much as I do being a private chef. And I've tried it all. So, Melissa, um, so you have this... Uh, you have this cash infusion now. Um, do you know what you're going to do with it? Are you kind of waiting to see the sort of the virus? I mean, do you have a specific, like I kept thinking, oh, she's got to do the Chinese Italian thing. And I was like, eh, maybe she doesn't have to do that. Um, do you have plans for this money? I mean, it, it's evolved since. Uh, she's giving it all to Stephanie and Brian is what she's doing. <laughs> well, she I take it. donations. <laughs> Venmo. I think initially I wanted to like, you know, treat my family on a, a Italian getaway or, you know, take them on a vacation and then maybe open a restaurant and do the Chinese Italian thing. And then COVID happened and it really showed me how vulnerable uh, our industry is. And um, I, so I've sort of, you know, and it's also inspired a lot of other things like the sauce project that you were talking about where I, I just started small batching um, these sauces that, and, and launching them on, the, on my site. There is and an order of XO in my life like, coming up. It is, yes. yeah. I, I am, I'm very excited for this. So, you know, I, I started thinking there's something bigger here and I can uh, maybe you know, invest that money into um, a sauce line and really get it on a larger scale. Um, so that I can get it to everyone. Because my goal at the end of the day is always, you know, how, how can I bring my food to people? And whether it's through a restaurant or through a cookbook. Um, so, I, you know, it's certainly reinvesting it into myself and, and the projects that I'm working on. Hey, Brian, uh, did you, coming into this season, did you think I got to work on my quick fires? Or are you just like Shaq where you're like, yeah. screw it. I'm not good at free throws. I can still dominate an NBA game. <laughs> um, you know, personally, I just wanted to win one, at least just one, you know, so I could just X that off. But, um, you know, I, I didn't, <laughs> so, so it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, but it was just, it, it, it was always frustrating, you know, that, that I, I put up good food, you know, but then sometimes I didn't conform <laughs> to the challenge. You know, let's take fried rice, for example. <laughs> I made a really amazing fried rice, a take on it. And it had fried rice on top, you know, but whatever. I'm going to sit here and argue all day long. And but my whatever. favorite was the flour one. What's that? I'm sorry? 
My favorite was the flower, flower one. one. Yes. Yeah, well, you comment that, you know, Pablo wants to bathe in your in your sauce, and, and then you, know, you don't win the challenge. <laughs> and she goes, where's the flower? You know, <laughs> it's like, come on. It was a beautiful <laughs> piece of salmon, right? It was a I salmon. Agree. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but to your point, yes. I mean, quick fires get, get, you, get you some advantages here and there, but for the most part, you know, it's all about eliminations. Um. A question I always like to ask, um, what, actually, it kind of came out of Brooks' admission at Michael's that there was just, like, one disastrous night on Valentine's Day. Um, so I always like to ask chefs, like, biggest kitchen disaster of your career? Oh, I can go first on that. Okay. So uh, Thanksgiving, and this is the deciding point in my career, actually, whether I was going to continue to cook or not. And this was the eve of Thanksgiving. I was, uh, I think, maybe 15, 16 years old. I was in charge of loading the turkeys which, don't get me wrong, early in my career, this is like a holiday inn, so we're loading frozen turkeys into like the slow roaster overnight, so they're going to thaw then cook. So it's this whole process, and it actually works. It's called an alto sham. And what happened was I didn't set the cook or the temperature or one of the things properly, and so when the next morning at 5 a.m. we went in to get ready for 500 guests, all of the turkeys were rotten. <gasps> How do you get turkeys oh. on thanksgiving morning <laughs> to replace that the chefs were calling like all of these other like vendors and people had to go in thanksgiving morning and ruin their day to get us turkeys and i walked in at eight o'clock and they all just looked at me like and, and somehow i survived that and continued to cook and it was like that was the make or break for me like i, I almost quit that was, that was <laughs> or fired you know what i mean so yeah, how did you just not abandon the whole cooking thing after that that's what i mean you know <laughs> but somehow i was given a second chance and so i you know pursued this career and I, but i'll never forget that you know i'll never i'll never forget ruining thanksgiving morning so funny my turn melissa, melissa you probably do you have one or you're just like i I don't screw up you just saw me i just want to yeah, i don't fail <laughs> about what mine is but mine was more of an injury i like had a oh, no. bad injury when i was i was it's my first time at the getty when i my first job um i was a very young cook and i was searing off short ribs and i put too much oil in the pan and i picked up these big oh my dog short ribs <laughs> What's up, dog? and they flipped right in and this wave of oil just coated my hand of hot oil and just completely, my hand was a big bubble, basically the, the top and the bottom of my arm. Um, and that, you know, I was like 17 and I was very, you know, like excited to be in the kitchen and then this happened and I was out of work for a few months because of my hand, but um, I kept trucking forward after that, but it was very, it was a very exciting moment of my life to see what it was like in the kitchen. Yeah, that was about That's it. That sounds awful. <laughs> it was pretty terrible. Going third, they're all flooding back to me rather quickly. It's like, which <laughs> goodie do we do we choose? <laughs> um, so I used to work at this place, Number Nine Park, and we did holiday brunch, holiday lunch every year from like December 1st to the 25th, and it was awful. I don't like expoing, so it was already a disaster, but I would go in at like 7 o'clock in the morning and start all of the prep for the day. So my chef, Patrick, was really about the texture of the beans for the cassoulet. Like they couldn't be overcooked. You couldn't salt them while they were cooking. They had to have this perfect thing to them. 
we're in the middle of service. I'm expoing. So hell's breaking loose around me. And one of the servers comes back in and he's like, this lady said the beans are undercooked. I shit you not. I was like, I wonder how I could just crawl out of here right now. He throws the pot of beans. He starts swearing at me. Now he's, now he's making bean puree in the pot and I'm just standing there and I've got it. It's like 1145. I got to expo till three. And I was just like, well, this was it. This was the, I just beans. It was beans. It was so bad. And he doesn't remember this at all. We're still good friends, but he threw that, those beans, molten lava against the wall. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, sorry, dude. I've never been into Castle Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it so seems overrated. I don't like yeah, totally stock anyways. Rustic. Like, like so 17th let's, century France. Let's go back to the uh, last judge's table. Are you leaning in your head one way or another? Who's going to win this thing? Be honest. When you were going in there, the last time you were in front of Padma and Tom and Gail, where, where were your heads at? For, for me, I just, I honestly just felt proud to be there, you know, with these two. Um, I think, again, what, what Brian was saying earlier is like everyone was making amazing food, especially towards the last like half of the show. There were really very little mistakes and the judges have, they have a hard job, you know, to have to really pinpoint down and, and, and critique us on just tiny hairs and fractions of, of things that we did wrong. So um, I felt I know that I knew that all three of us felt very proud of what we created that day. And you can see it in our confidence when we, when we came off of the cook, you know, and I was talking to Brian and Steph about how they did. Um, so I, I honestly was kind of like, you know, I don't, whatever direction this goes, like I just love you guys and <laughs> I'm proud of us. And, you know, I think, it really did feel like we were all winners in that moment. And and we kind of joked, like, can we, can we just all like split this? If like whoever wins, like, let's just split it amongst each other. Like, is that allowed? <laughs> Cause it just, yeah, I just felt so proud of all of us. If hindsight was 2020, I would have gotten an autograph signature from both of you for that split. <laughs> <laughs> the Venmo is still open. It is. That never shuts down. No, I'm just kidding, Melissa. I think that when I got up there, I, I decried the entire day. So I was just like, what whatever happened was so exciting and when melissa won i was just as excited for her as i would have been for brian or myself you know what i mean like i think that we all it was still one of the coolest feelings because as a, as the three of us we made it to the end and we did it so it was super exciting and then um her mom when she yelped when mama alice yelped that i was like that that was your mom? The cutest thing that was oh. Melissa's mom. That was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought it was a magical elf, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> she might as well be. I mean, she's like 5'1". She's close. Yeah. <laughs> like it, she, it, it, in the previews, it would come out right before the magical elves logo would, would pop up on the screen. And so I just thought it was like a, a magical elf sound. That was your mom. That's amazing. That my mom. So sweet. She's got a heart of gold. <laughs> she's so happy for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I already talked to Melissa about it. Voltaggio, Stephanie, like what's, what's next for you? When, I mean, especially when all this, this, this terrible thing that's decimating the industry, um, if and when, when it clears. Yeah, for me right now, we're in the middle of um, starting to make plans for reopening. Um, first, first concept is going to be coming in the next uh, couple of weeks. It's with one of our partners. Um, Michael and I have a partnership with um, 
with a hotel casino that we're about ready to reopen. And so, and we have one of our concepts inside. And so we're just taking it concept by concept, you know, to, to reopen them. Um, because it's just like you're opening a restaurant all over again, because it's not only are we recreating new food and bringing back the team, but we're also having to be very cautious and train and make sure that the entire team is up to speed on, um, you know, all the processes for COVID. And so it's a learning experience. Um, it's one that I'm embracing and, and, and realize that um, and, and excited for, you know, because it's a new time and I just can't wait to cook for guests again. So that's, that's my focus right now because it's going to be a lot of work and, and it's in my immediate future right now. Um, what if I called you up and I'm the producer for Top Chef and said, hey, we want to go round four. I've already answered that question, man. (laughs) 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 If you go up against Michael, I'll be your Sue. Uh, That's a different story. Uh, Honestly, (laughs) that's all. That's 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 kind of like you know that 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 might be. The only thing that we can get you back is if it was Michael versus Brian. Just head to head in the ring. Um, (laughs) No, it's you know I've. I've had my, my time. It, it's been, it's been a blast, you know, honestly, you know, I, it was an amazing experience. I got to do some incredible things. I'm so glad I got to go back and do it, you know, this third time, especially, you know, under circumstance of being, going over to Italy and just all of the experiences we had. And to, you know, I, I knew every single person, you know, that was in the house, but um, never got, you know, or knew of, but got to meet all of these incredible chefs again and, and really got to know them. Um, and so I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's like a mini summer camp for all of us. We just get to go back and just cook and just forget about everything in the world and, and just, and just do that. And so, um, I'll, I'll always remember it. I'll always, you know, never regret the experience, but I won't do it again. <laughs> that's, that's my final Two things I want to ask real quick. We're under the clock here. Stephanie, can we bring you on for NBA podcast just to get your one-liners? Just, we need your commentary. I'll just, oh, 100%. I'll just shoot them out. I'll answer for Anything you want. <laughs> All right, we got it in right. It's on the record, Kevin. It, Stephanie can be, um, you know, hired to, to just be an NBA commentator because her commentary is amazing. Done. Awesome. Uh, Melissa, <laughs> Melissa, Kevin has a dream that Top Chef winners – there's a Top Chef season of Top Chef winners. Would you be in for that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I would. I would go back again. Why not? This is my yeah. season for like season twenty. I just want like nineteen <laughs> winners. Together. Oh my god! Like, this, is, this is my dream. <laughs> the um, Battle of Champions or something. I don't know. You guys, thank yeah. you so much for coming. Thank um, you. This thank was you. super fun. Thank you for entertaining us, and thank you for uh, for making time for us. And best of luck on everything. Thank you. Thank you. you. Stephanie, I'm going to hold you to Bye, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, please do. All right. Uh, Kevin, take us out. I don't know how to hang up, so now we're just together. (laughs) For our finalist, for Tom Haberstroh, this is Kevin Arnovitz, and this is Hack Your Knives. (laughs) 